Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Well, I'm excited about the word tonight. How many is excited about the word? You know, we hear such bad news all the time. If you turn on the news, the news news, uh, they have plenty of bad news for you on a daily basis. Uh, you just want to, you know, you just get uh, sick of it, to be honest. But uh, it's been that way my whole life. I don't know about some of you. I've never heard the news be like bearers of gladness and joy and happiness. Usually it's uh, something bad that's happening. That's what really sells, apparently, newspapers. But uh, thank God we have a source of good news. And that's the living, written Word of God. There's just something about getting the Bible out. And that's why it's good to have, like we have Wednesday night service. Some people say, well, why don't you just have one service a week? Isn't that enough for people to come and, you know, do your religious thing? Well, I guess if you're doing a religious thing, that might be a plenty. But we're not here doing a religious thing. We're here uh, worshiping together, fellowshipping together, uh, reading the Word together, encouraging one another in the Lord and in our faith. Amen? And uh, there's just something about that that just, uh, uh, I know that I need it. I'm, I've been in church my whole life. Somebody said one time, haven't you, haven't you had a belly full of it? Haven't you been there enough? I said, no, I'd go every night if somebody would come, you know. <laughs> I just, just never grow tired of worshiping the Lord and reading the Bible. Praise God, because that's where we get our strength from. Amen. So if you look at Psalm 103, we're just going to see how far we get tonight. I, every every verse of this psalm is worth reading and expounding upon. Uh, so usually I expound to the point that I never get through with it. So um, I suppose I should break it up into part one and two and then break it in half. But um, we'll see how far we get. And I love this because it's, um, remember in English and grammar, that if you don't have a defined subject of a sentence, then the subject is you. You're, you're the, you're the subject of the sentence. And so really what he's saying here, we're starting off with bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. He's talking to his soul. Well, that would make sense because we understand that we're uh, a tripart being. We're a spirit. We're not we're not a body, we're not a mind. We're a spirit. We live in a body. This is our earth suit. This is our house that we're living in currently. Amen. And um, we possess a soul. Our soul is our mind, will, and emotions. Amen. So when he's saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul, it's a, it's a commandment that he is giving the psalmist here. It is David. It's a psalm of David. And he's saying, I am commanding my soul, my, I am commanding my soul to bless the Lord. Amen. Because our soul is where the spaghetti ball of all of our angst and problems and fears and concerns live. And so what we, our soul wants us to always be in fear, to be in worry, to be, uh, in concern. But, uh, David is saying something different here, isn't he? And so uh, another way that you could put this, because it's, again, the understood subject, he's saying, bless the Lord, O my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name, 
he's really saying, I will bless the Lord. We used to sing that little chorus. I will bless the Lord and give him praise. So we were singing, I, as I, I am saying that I will. Uh, one Bible scholar who was also an attorney, <laughs> originally an attorney who turned Bible scholar, uh, attorneys understand language better than anybody almost because they, they, that's how they get paid is figuring out contracts and looking for loopholes. But, um, there is no stronger assertion in the English language than I will. Isn't that beautiful? I will walk in health. I will walk in victory. I will walk in prosperity. I don't know what everyone else is going to do. If folks want to sign up for the recession, knock yourself out. I'm not participating in it. Amen. I've just decided to pass on this one. How about you? Well, <laughs> some people say, well, now you're just being stupid because it's going to affect everybody. Well, it might affect you. You might. It's like if it gets hot outside, it might affect you. But thank God you have an interior with an air conditioner or a fan or something. That you don't have to just sit in it. Amen. So it might be all around us. We might be aware of its presence, but we don't have to be participants in it. Amen. And we're going to say, praise God. You know, sure. We're, are we concerned about gas prices and things getting higher and more expensive? Sure. You'd be stupid to say that you, you know, weren't concerned or didn't uh, understand it. But on the other hand, you know, that's not our barometer of wealth. Is how much something costs or how cheap it is. Yeah, our barometer of wealth is in the Word of God and in our soul. Amen. God will provide. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter what the price goes to. Somebody said, "Well, it could go to eight dollars before the end of the summer." Well, whoop you do. We're if that breaks heaven, we're in trouble, aren't we? And so, uh, uh, again, uh, he say he's saying here. Uh, I will bless, I will bless the Lord, uh, and or a command to his soul to bless the Lord. Now I'll tell you what, that's a good thing to learn because sometimes your soul wants to drive you into fear, drive you into concern and oppression and even depression. But that's why sometimes I have to say, hands, you're going up and you're going to praise the Lord and mouth, you're going to sing his praises. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna say what the Lord says about this and not what, you know, somebody else says. Amen. Y'all getting anything out of this? This is, this is why I don't get very far because I, I, I'm not even through the first verse. But that's how you tear the, it's good to tear the word apart like that. Tear it down, break it down as they say, and really milk it for all that you can get out of it. Amen. And then he says, and all that is within me, every, every, with every faculty that I have, my voice, my mind, my thoughts, uh, my arms, <laughs> my legs, if I want to do a little dance for the Lord, whatever, everything that is within me that is available is going to bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. You know, people have forgotten his benefits, and they get into this uh, religious thing of, well, you never know what the Lord's going to do, good or bad, blessed, cursed, whatever. No, there's benefits to serving the Lord. There's benefits to being a Christian. 
How many remember the American Express card used to have a an advertisement that said, you know, membership has benefits. They would tell you, you know, some discounts or some things that you could get if you would sign up for their card. But praise God, we've signed up for something better than the American Express card. We've signed up with Jesus Christ. We've signed up with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We've signed up with heaven and all that heaven has. Amen? And so we're not going to forget his benefits, and it must be possible to forget them. Otherwise, there would not be an admonition to remember them. Uh, you know, like I've always talked about the fog of war, it's easy to forget your blessings and your benefits when you're fighting a battle. And you can feel so crummy. Can I use that word crummy? You can feel so crummy during the time of of, uh, of an attack, whether it's physical or financial or, or you know, some loved one being hateful and snotty to you, whatever's going on that's not good, you can feel so not blessed, right? You can feel so not like God's not helping. But that's why we're not going to forget. Wait a minute. I'm a member of a club that has benefits. Praise the Lord. This is helping me if it isn't helping you. Forget not all his benefits. So there's benefits now to being a believer. Here's the first one that's most important. Who forgiveth some of thine iniquities, but the really bad stuff, he can't get over it. No. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. What, what does all mean? All means all. No exclusions. No quid pro quo. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. All of them. Isn't that wonderful? You know, you know, we've all done things we regret. We've all uh, made mistakes in our lives. But isn't it wonderful to know they're all forgiven? And God doesn't even remember them. And if you start talking to him about it, he's going to say, I don't even know what you're talking about. Isn't that beautiful? There's That's a grace scripture right there, isn't it? <laughs> who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth some of thine diseases, but not the ones he's using to teach you a lesson. No, <laughs> all thy diseases. Wow, so... I had a man one time who came down with some really terrible diagnosis and it's kind of a rare thing. He said to me, I said, well, we'll just, you know, he said, this is the diagnosis. And I said, well, we'll just believe God, you know, receive a miracle and get a, have a healing. That's pretty good encouragement. And he said, well, have you ever heard of any, do you know anybody that's ever been healed of this thing? You ever heard somebody talk like that? you ever know anybody that's been healed of this particular disease? And I said, well, off the top of my head, I don't can't recall somebody's name or I didn't know anybody. It was a very rare thing. He goes, well, that's the thing. I've been trying to think, too, and I can't think of anybody that was ever healed of this. And I said, yeah, but the trouble is the Bible says that our Lord uh, heals all your diseases. So that would I don't care if you you're the first human that's ever been diagnosed with some particular brand of illness, that doesn't mean that it's exempt, is it? 
healeth all thy diseases. Isn't that wonderful? So no matter what it is, or what name it is, we sang about the name of Jesus. The Bible says that every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus. Amen? So I don't care if the name of it's cancer or or Lou Gehrig's disease or uh, you know, some other uh, rheumatoid arthritis or some some you know heart disease, right, or liver disease, or diabetes, uh, kidney failure. It doesn't matter what the name of it is or how severe or serious. Well, you know, your your daddy had this and your grandma had this and everybody else everybody knew had this. What does that have to do with the word? Amen. Well, you know, it's all just in DNA. No, it is not all in DNA. It's all in the Word of God. You just have to choose if you're going to live like a carnal bucket. Well, then knock yourself out. Let us know how that goes. But uh, I don't want to live in carnal in the carnal bucket. Do you? Um, I want to live in the blessings. And uh, Brother Hagan used to say, you know, he said the, the bottom line on the blessings of the Lord is somebody died and paid for me to have blessings. That's Jesus Christ. And he said, I'll be switched if I'm going to let. <laughs> That's kind of an oaky state <laughs> saying there in <laughs> Texas. He said, I'll be switched if I'm going to let uh, just, you know, religion or whatever stand in the way of my blessings. I like that, don't you? I'll be switched if I'm going to let anything slip through these cracks. Praise the Lord. Heals all of our diseases. Woo! Praise God. So you need to go around your house quoting this stuff now. Don't just come to church and go, that's pretty good. Yeah, thanks. Thumbs up. You're the best. No, you need to, to make it a part of your life. Write it down. Sometimes maybe there's a certain area that you're fighting a real battle in. Whatever scriptures apply to your need, write that down on a sticky note. Or a three by five card works pretty good. And a, and a piece of scotch tape. You don't have to be real. This isn't deep. Praise God. And uh, sometimes we'd take three by five cards and we would write the scripture on one side and on the other side write a confession that uses that scripture. Amen? And so we would read the scripture and then flip it around and read the confession. Just tips that I help you. One way to win an argument is to talk faster and louder than the person that's arguing with you. So you need to sometimes win an argument with your head, win an argument with your soul. You know, we say, well, it's the devil. Well, he's behind it. But oftentimes it's just our own knowledge that's talking to us. How many know what I mean? You know, you got that bill coming up. You know, you got that thing. You know, you got that problem. You know, you got that appointment with the doctor. He's going to tell you, you know, he's going to sew the back of your hand to the back of your head, you know. Or do some weird thing to you. Uh, what are you doing? Well, the doctor said this would help me. So he sewed my hand on top of my head. <laughs> Sometimes they get about that creative, don't they? 
But, um, so, you know, you know, the devil just will machine gun in your brain and you're not just your knowledge of things will just machine gun you, you know, na, 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 Blah, 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 blah. Well, what you got to do, you're going to win that argument. You need to open your mouth and say, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bless the Lord, oh, my soul, and all that is within me. I'm blessing his holy name. He has forgiven all my iniquities, and at the same time, he healed all my diseases. He redeems my life from destruction. You ever felt like it's just over? The devil just say, it's over now. It's just over. He's such a liar. Who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. That sounds like a blessing, doesn't it? Who satisfieth thy mouth with the cheapest things you can find. Is that what it says? With bad things, so you learn your lesson. No, with good things. Good things. So that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I confess every year I get older, I confess that one more. <laughs> Amen. My youth is renewed in Jesus' name. Well, I don't feel like my youth is renewed. I don't look like my youth is renewed. See, that's the trouble. If folks go keep going back to their soul and to their negativity, to the reason they don't get any victory. See, you can't, you can't, the James said that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways and he cannot, don't let that man think he will receive anything of the Lord. Isn't that something? Don't let him even think he'll receive anything of the Lord. Boy, that's pretty bold and uh, talk, but, you know, it upsets some folks. But you, we need to tell them, listen, as long as you're going to be on the fence with this, and one minute it's, I don't know what I'm going to do, and the next minute it's, praise the Lord, and the next minute it's, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know. You know, just, just back and forth, back and forth, blessing, cursing, an equal amount of cursing, the equal amount of blessing, so they're balanced, they think. We don't want to get extreme. Well, I'll tell you what, I look at most believers' life, and they're nowhere near extreme. They don't have to worry about it. You know, they say, well, you don't want to get extreme with prosperity. I'll tell you what, we got a long ways to go before we start, we're dealing with extreme. I think we can put that off the end. <laughs> Amen. I don't even know what that means, extreme. But usually the folks that are screaming balance are ones that need a little imbalance. They're imbalanced already on the negative side of the ledger sheet. Amen. How many know that red ink and brackets are not good? So, you know, again, it's all this talk about you preach healing, you preach grace and righteousness, and preach uh, prosperity, and somebody's concerned about getting imbalanced. I said, well... When everybody's out of debt and the whole church and everybody's mortgages are paid off and all the bills are paid and there's more money than we know what to do with, then we'll talk about getting extreme. 
But until then, we need to keep preaching and beating that drum. Amen? And it, here it is in the Word. Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things. Youth is renewed. Hallelujah. I'm going to preach myself happy. Just be forewarned. The Lord executeth righteousness and judgment for all that are oppressed. You say, well, that's me. I feel oppressed. Well, he's executing righteousness on your behalf. He made known his ways unto Moses, his acts unto the children of Israel. What do you think he'll do for for his heirs and joint heirs? People say, well, they're, they're, they were God's chosen people and we're not. Well, see, see, people shouldn't be saying stuff like that. Yes, they are God's chosen people, but I'll tell you, so are we. Hallelujah. We're children of the King and heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ and are indwelt with his very presence. I wouldn't call that too shabby of a situation. It's certainly not second class in God's kingdom. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Aren't you glad for that? In other words, he doesn't fly off the handle at you. You do, you make the least mistake and he's ready to squash you, you know, like a bug. Better be careful. The Lord's watching. He knows everything. He'll get you. Well, that's, that, you know, that shouldn't ever be taught some Sunday school or whatever. I got taught that stuff. It was called trying to control the aborigine children here. But on the same hand, you know, it's it's too far. You can have your classroom rules or whatever without making God the boogeyman, right? Don't don't now don't act like that. Jesus won't love you. You know, I've heard mamas tell their children that. That's not that's not right. That's bad doctrine, and it sets up a bad um foundation. With, you know, for, for, for young people to build on. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger, plenteous in mercy. Woo! Think that's enough for you? He will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt. Now here's a great grace scripture right here. You should rejoice on this one. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Now, I don't know about you, what kind of church you grew up in, but I didn't hear that verse quoted a lot. It's more like, you know, you better repent. Judgment's coming, and you're going to, you know, get smashed in the midst of it. But this is what the Scripture says, and this is the Old Covenant. How much more is it true now? He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Because if he had, we wouldn't be here. There'd be like however many people are here in this chapel tonight, there'd be that many grease spots, you know. He hasn't dealt with us according to our sins or rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, as great is so great, is his mercy toward them that fear him, meaning a reverential fear, a respect, and honor. Amen. 
as far as the east is from the west, um, sorry, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembers that we're, we are dust. So see, don't get all up in pride. Oh, I'm all that and a bag of chips. Because according to the word, you're a bag of dust. So calm down. All right. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of his field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it's gone. Place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting upon them that fear him and his righteousness unto children's children. In other words, it just goes on forever. His mercy endures forever. It's generational. To such as keep his covenant. Well, if you're saved and under the blood, you're keeping the covenant. That's not talking about looking up Leviticus and trying to figure out how to rearrange your kitchen. Because you're not supposed to have, you know, meat with the dairy and wear a bowl on your head or whatever. He's not talking about that. He's talking about, he's not talking about to keep the law. He says keep the covenant. We have a covenant of blood with Jesus. Amen. And to those that remember his commandments to do them, the Lord hath prepared his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom ruleth over all. Well, you know, we have a pretty good partner in life here with the Lord. He's just the Lord God Almighty, that's all. Bless the Lord, ye his angels, that excel in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening unto the voice of his word. Bless ye the Lord, all his, all ye his hosts. Host meaning angelic um, groups of angels, ye ministers of his that do his pleasure. Bless the Lord all his works in all places of his dominion. That's a good word too, isn't it? That means a place of dominance. God's ruling and reigning. That's why we sing, he is Lord. It's not just a cute little song. It's, it's stating his dominion and dominance. And that's another whole area of teaching that we need to get into here is how to exercise dominion in this life. Amen. We're supposed to not be here. We wander like a beggar through the heat and through the cold. Like one song says, we're supposed to be uh, ruling and reigning in life as kings and priests. Praise God. Well, sometimes I don't feel so kingy and priesty, but uh doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> like Brother Hagin said, if I went by how I felt, some days I'd just go jump off the bridge, you know, just went by how you felt. We don't go by how we feel. This is not about, this is not like, you know, a sign out front, First Church of the Touchy-Feely. This isn't about feeling. This is about understanding and revelation. Amen. Some people are so concerned that they're, they're, they're not going to feel something at a church. You know, 
you can see the look on their face. They're about ready to leave because they're not feeling something. I've always said we should have electric buzzers installed in the seats and a little kickboard down here and say, okay, see row four, uh, you know, row, uh, row, row D, chair number four, sister Ledbetter looks like she's getting mad. You press the button and whoa, I felt something. Praise God, she's good for another week. Because I used to get under condemnation as a kid. You know, I would talk about it. And everybody down front's feelings, all kinds of things. There's nothing wrong with feeling. But it, you, you just don't put a lot of stock in it. Because then the next Sunday night, you may not feel so great. Even when they, if they sang that same song. This time they sang the verse and chorus 12 times instead of 8. You try to get the same thing going. I've been in that. And then it just gets ridiculous. It's like somebody, you know, every time they sing number 43, I tell you what, God moves. Well, you know, then they sing 43 and, you know, they get the wrong key and can't finish it. And, and uh, the spirit doesn't move. And then they're ready to change churches or make sure the pastor changes churches more like it. Let's run him off. Something's gone wrong. Get a group together to run him off. But, um, nothing wrong with feelings, but you cannot live a victorious Christian life on feelings. Because, I don't know about you, I've, I've been in the middle of a great service and I'm standing there going, I'm happy for everyone else. <laughs> to be honest, I'm not feeling anything other than I hope we get to the restaurant before it closes. So shoot me, you know, for being honest. But I've been there. Have you ever been there where you just think, was this guy going to have that? Be quiet. Like that lady that was at my church in Alabama. You heard me tell this before, but I, I was just, I couldn't shut up. I was like, it was like a Wednesday night and it was like, I had been preaching like an hour and a half already, and, and I couldn't stop. I was just, like, obsessed. And uh, I said, are y'all still here? You're gone home. And the lady from California hollered out, gone home. She'd had enough. friend of mine, well, y'all remember Brother Joe Morris? Anybody remember him? He came here and did a, did a couple of services for us on end times. Well, before he was really right with God, he was, his mother was a pastor in Louisiana. And uh, before he was really where he should be as a teenager serving God, he'd stand in the back of the service, the back of the church with a bag of potato chips and a Diet Coke and stand back there. You know, just munching away, drinking his Coke. And when he had had enough church, he'd start doing this to her from the back. Quit. Cut it off. It's too much. And she would just try to get where she couldn't see him, you know. <laughs> I think that's hysterical. I've wanted to do that before. Pull the plug. Hard for preachers to admit that a service has actually died in the service, you know, the whole thing. And we got it on life support. 
sing another song, maybe that'll help, and it doesn't. And you just might as well just pull the plug, but it's hard to do. <laughs> Amen. Tonight's not like that, in Jesus' name. All right. Anyway, we finished here with uh, the last verse. All, uh, all his works in all places of his dominion, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And so I want my home and my life to be a place of his dominion. How about you? And uh, so I'm going to, because I'm declaring that my home is a place of dominion, I'm going to end that place of dominion. I'm going to quote this verse. Bless the Lord, all places of his dominion, and this home, this address, you might even quote your address. This address is a place of dominion for the Lord. Amen. And all around me, a thousand may fall, ten thousand may fall, but all around me, I'm in Psalm 91, blessing. Hallelujah. No plague shall come near my dwelling. I told you about that miracle that my father witnessed, at least the aftermath of it, in Jacksonville when he was pastoring there. Uh, they had a flood. They have a lot of low-lying areas there, just like we do around here, I think, up at, not far from here, right, like up at Elfers and parts of Newport Ritchie is some really low-lying areas and, uh, you know, we've had, I've seen the news reports that we've had when we've had a lot of, you know, tropical storms or something like that come through. Uh, boy, people, they get evacuated for flooding out. And so there's areas all over the state of Florida that are like that, that are lower than they should be. And so Jacksonville has a lot of that. And uh, anyway, this was like a hundred year flood they'd had in, in the city. And um, this woman uh, my dad, my dad's driving around. How many's heard the story, you know, but, uh, my dad's driving around and, you know, looking if he can find any church members that might need help or, you know, just people in general. And, uh, this woman comes tearing out of her house. The scene on the street is, you know, the mattresses are piled up. We've seen that, haven't we? How many's been in, the south long enough to see those things. The mattresses piled up, the carpets pulled up, rolled up. You know, it's all, it's gotta be, it's gotta, it's, it's done. It's, it's, it's been saturated. You'll never, you'll never dry it out. And, uh, so they have to throw it and tear out, sometimes tear out the sheetrock, right? And the insulation and start over almost down to the studs, they say. And so, uh, that was the scene already. And, Standing water anywhere that was a little lower than the street was just a lake. Well, this woman comes out. There's water all around her house, and and she comes tearing out of the front steps, down the steps, and kind of squishing through the goosh, you know, as we say, and raving her arms and says, Pastor Horton, Pastor Horton. And my dad saw her and recognized her. That was a pretty good-sized church he had there, about 1,400 people. So he didn't, hadn't been there all that long. He didn't know everybody's name necessarily, you know, yet, but he recognized her as a lady from the church. And he said, you're in my church, aren't you? And she says, yes, you're my pastor. And she said, listen, I have a miracle to tell you about. He said, Sunday, you preached on Psalm 91. 
no plague shall come near. I'm telling you, this stuff works. Um, Psalm 91, you know, no, no, uh, no plague shall come near my dwelling. And she said, uh, I got to thinking about that and the water was rising and I knew my house was one of the ones that was slated to be flooded. And she said, I want you to show you something. So my dad got out of his car and made his way up to the house. Now, how many, if you've seen a flood, you can see how high on the wall the flood was, because that's where the dirt and the grass and everything, you know, is, is stained. And uh, up high on her wall, I mean, at windowsill level, you could see that the water had been there. On the, it was stuck in the front screen door. It was stuck on the back screen door, you know, the flood. So he thought, oh, man, this is going to be really sad and bad because you can see the water is up that high. It's going to come right in through the door jams and everything. She says, I want you to come look. He's prepared to console her and, you know, try to help in some way. Opens the door and walks in. Her house is completely dry. She's got wall-to-wall carpet. It's completely dry. She's got a sofa and recliners and chairs that are upholstered, all dry. He said, how do you explain this? She said, well, you said Psalm 91 says, no plague shall come near my dwelling. She said, that water's got plague in it. It had, you know, it's got, I mean, it does. It's got dysentery and you name it's in that water. Uh, oil from automobiles and, and contaminants, right? And, and, uh, toxins and chemicals. And she said, and, and snakes and rats and alligators and everything else. And she said, I knew that water was bad and I knew it would ruin my house. And I knew that was a plague and I stood it. She says, I, I saw the water coming down, the rolling down the hill towards my back door that, you know, went to the kit from the kitchen. And she said, I opened, <laughs> she said, I latched the screen door. You know, like <laughs> keeping somebody out. I latched the screen door and I said, devil, you ain't coming in my house. She said, I command this water to, to go around my house. Well, it didn't. It came right up and, and she witnessed, she had her door open with the screen rebuking the water and it stood up against her screen. You can see where the, where all the grass and grass trimmings and all that was. Mud and everything. And she said, I saw that water congeal and stand there. And then she said, I thought about the front door. So I ran around, I, I slammed that door in the kitchen. I ran around to the front door and did the same because it was coming up from, you know, from there. Like, you know, just two or three steps. Uh, sometimes the homes, the older homes in Florida, you know, are just right at ground level. You know, there's not, not much, not much, uh, space there. And she said, I saw that water coming and I, I rebuked it in Jesus name. I said, no plagues coming in here. And that, that water stood up. And that woman didn't have to throw her furniture and, and things away. Amen. Now I know you, somebody might say, well, that just sounds too, too good to be true. Well, that's what a miracle would be. <laughs> we have the too good to be true gospel. 
And, uh, you know, you say, well, that's pretty wild. Well, I tell you what, I'd rather believe wild and get a miracle than to just be like the world. And they, they feel so smart being logical about everything. Well, we need to be logical about some things. Don't just stand out in the street and put your hand up and rebuke a bus. You know, there's crazy too. There's faith and then there's crazy. We're not talking about crazy, but we are talking about using your authority. Amen. And this thing about dominion. And I tell you what, this is the year. Let's make this the year uh, that we take dominion in a stronger way in our lives. Amen. Don't just accept things just because it's the way it is. So, well, that's the may be the way it is in the devil's kingdom, but that's not going to be the way it is in God's kingdom and in my kingdom, which is in line with his. Amen? All right, praise God. If you enjoyed that, well, please write us and let us know. And, and uh, again, you can always participate with supporting our ministry. We appreciate all that everyone does. We give you... Give God all the glory and honor and praise for all that he's done in Jesus' name. Amen.